I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. And what time will we be spellcasting? Hey there, witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about spirituality in a modern context. My name is Rian Lockard, and I am your head witch here at Moonstone Witchery. Thank you for being with me today. <clears throat> I am finally doing the episode on twin flames, so this is pretty exciting. Um, you all know where to find me, so I can kind of like skip the part about where and how to find me. Although, if you're curious, you can always track me down on Instagram at moonstone underscore witchery or over on my website, moonstonewitchery.com. Um, you can book all kinds of things with me on my website. You can book, book um, readings and past life readings, past life regressions, intuitive readings, and um, some intuitive coaching. I have been working in private practice as a multi-certified life coach for many, many years now. So check it out and see if there's anything interesting over there for you. Okay, so twin flames are like this hot topic. They always have been. They maybe always will be. I get so many inquiries and I've done a lot of private one-on-one coaching with clients around the concept of twin flames. Um, <clears throat> so I have found that there seems to be a lot of absolute misinformation on twin flames out in the world. And I want to caution people. I want to say, if you are in a twin flame situation right now, or you are feeling like you're in a twin flame situation right now, this podcast is designed for you. Um, it's also designed for people who have felt they've been in a twin flame dynamic or who are looking for more information. Um, but on a side note, <laughs> I have decided to talk about this because I believe it is for the highest good and the ultimate healing of anybody who finds themselves in a twin flame situation. That said, um, just because something is for your highest good and ultimate healing doesn't necessarily mean that it is going to be your favorite thing to hear about or <laughs> something that you're going to absolutely love um, the dialogue around. I have found that with my twin flame clients, they have to be in a certain place within themselves to be able to hear the information that I'm going to share. Um, so if you find yourself listening and not resonating, um, feel free to just push pause and come back to it at a future point. If you find yourself listening and resonating, but it's a little bit challenging, that's okay. This is for you. So let's dive in. What is a twin flame and how is a twin flame different than a soulmate? <clears throat> so a bunch of things. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that twin flames deserve this mystical, magical pedestal that they've been put up on. 
I know for me, um, I have found myself in a twin flame situation before, um, or what I considered to be a twin flame situation before. And I would say that upon reflection, yes, that situation and circumstance was very significant for me. However, do I think that it deserves all the hoopla and the mystical, magical thinking and framing around the concept of twin flames? I I don't for myself think that it is something to be romanticized and like daydreamed about and like in the shuffle with because for me, twin flame dynamics mostly cause just an intense amount of pain within people. And anything that causes an intense amount of pain is really not my favorite. It's really not like the best way to go about something. But the thing is that sometimes our lessons really only come to us through pain. Sometimes we refuse to learn something unless we really have to drag ourselves through it. And for a lot of us experiencing a twin flame situation, that is it. Um, We have all been granted opportunities to learn these lessons in other ways. And so I guess that when we find ourselves in a twin flame situation, it's just that we're in the fray of it and we are dedicated and devoted. You know, something I want to say about this is that anybody struggling with a twin flame situation, it's because you have the most beautiful heart and soul. I just want to take a second and recognize you because if you are in this situation, it is because you love so deeply, you love so much, you care so much, you are so connected, you are so willing to seek love, you are so willing to do whatever it takes for love, and oh my God, that means you are like this beautiful, generous, unconditional, endless creature of love, and that is profoundly beautiful, that is magnificent, that is a rare thing for us in this culture nowadays. Um, so if you find yourself in the situation and you're the one looking for information about twin flames, you're the one looking for information about reunification, you're the one who's looking for information on basically like, it's basically like you're typing into Google, how do I make someone let me love them? <laughs> if you're in that situation, God, just take a second and bless yourself with some appreciation and some value and some validation because you're trying so hard to just give love away to someone and oh my god that makes you beautiful so i just wanted to take a second and recognize anybody who finds themselves in that situation because it's hard and you are a beautiful loving creature a twin flame is um somebody who is basically your counterpart. So I'm reminded of um, that quote from like Wedding Crashers and it's like um, love is the soul's recognition of its counterpart in another. Um, I love that quote, obviously, but with twin flames, it's like really real. So it's like it's somebody who completes but balances you. It's almost like your mirror image, but in reverse. Um, So they are somebody who will have qualities that are like yours, but 
the ways in which they're opposite are not actively complementary to you. The ways in which they're opposite are actively in opposition to you. And yet there is a very deep psychic, spiritual, emotional, soul level connection. There's often a very intense physical connection, even if you haven't physically ever consecrated the relationship, there's a very intense chemistry between the two of you um, and almost a need to to touch one another or be near one another or that electric magnetic kind of vibration in the air between you. Um, with a twin flame, you're often very much aware of them when you're not around them. You're in their energetic presence. You can hear their thoughts or feel their feelings or you get aware of when they start thinking of you or when they're around you in their mind, when they are sending you like thoughts or information. And some of them do that on purpose because they realize the connections there and some of them don't but some of them are just like unaware of the fact that you're in their energy field so heavily, but you can always feel kind of what's going on with them or you'll just be doing something and all of a sudden they'll like overwhelm you with their energy and, and maybe you'll reach out or maybe you won't. And, um, you, you just know, um, there's a depth to the emotional connection where you both hold space for one another and you both have a tendency to show up, um, real and, raw and honest and as the truest version of yourselves. Typically with a twin flame situation, there was a point in time where you came together and it was very intense and powerful and amazing. And then there's some kind of separation. When the separation happens, it's overwhelming. It's like a death. It feels super intense for you. And it's just like... You can't seem to get over it, no matter what it is you try to do with yourself. And every time you do sort of get over it, either something happens where the your counterpart pops in again, like either they show up in your like DMs or like they show up texting you or whatever, um, or they pop back in energetically and just like flood you with awareness of them. Um, another thing that happens after the separation is that you kind of just find yourself unable to relinquish it. Your mind is fixated on it. Your awareness is fixated on it. Your psychic energy is fixated upon it. It's very, very challenging for you to release it. When it comes to this kind of situation, you feel this dramatic sense of loss, Because what has happened is that due to the very intense connection that you experienced at first, you have decided that like this is the one person who has ever made you feel this way. And maybe you haven't decided that. Maybe that's true. And that this connection was very intense and that you were just drawn together. And there's parts of them that just kind of like delighted you because they were so similar yet so different to you. Um, And there's parts of them that were unacceptable to you because they are so different than you. And there's parts of them that were completely enmeshed with you because they are so similar to you. And um, it's very painful to go through the separation with your twin flame. So let's talk about this a little bit. Um, When I was in the situation myself, 
it was a very tumultuous relationship when we were first together. Um, there were several, there were a couple months maybe or weeks where everything was beautiful and perfect. Um, and then something took a turn, drama ensued. And um, when separation happened, it was sudden, it was out of the blue, it was painful, it was overwhelming. And I was left feeling like, my anchor had been cut from me and I was just this like balloon floating off into space, like without a tether, without an anchor. Um, and all I was seeking was to receive like that anchor to get anchored back again. A lot of times in twin flame situations, there is an abusive relationship outside of the relationship that you and the twin have formulated with each other. And this is a very weird but very super hyper common theme. Um, the There are two kinds of people, okay, that make up a, a traditional twin flame situation. I'm going to discuss them both and I'm going to kind of outline the, the characteristics a little bit. Um, number one, this is outdated and full of BS and I will break it down for you, but there's the masculine and the feminine. Um, and then there's also what's called the chaser and the runner. So let's talk about the masculine and the feminine. Now, obviously, we know gender is a construct and it's all made up BS, blah, blah, blah. Um, especially considering that, you know, you can be gay and or non-binary and or gender fluid and or your orientation can be fluid and you can still be in a twin flame situation. It is not only male, like, you know, anatomically male and anatomically female individuals who can be in a twin flame situation. My twin flame, um, when I was in this situation is, is another woman, um, now, the distribution of energy is what they're referring to when they say, quote, masculine or, quote, feminine. But, you know, even I have an issue with the way that masculine and feminine energy is really understood to be in our culture, but that's a tangent for another time. Typically, I just go on those tangents, but I'm trying to be aware of the clock. I have many clients today, and I only have a little bit of time to record this for you guys. So trying to be a responsible grown-up. Um, but in any event, the masculine and the energy, feminine energy are distributed amongst the two of you. One of you will present with more traditionally, quote, masculine energetic influences, and the other will present with more traditionally, quote, feminine um, influences. Now, if you're non-binary or gender fluid, you can still present with certain ones of those qualities that make up certain parts of your personality. And you both might be a beautiful blend of like mostly neutral, but it's just like there's just a distribution. So if, for example, a balanced person would have like 100 units of, I don't know, masculine energy, um, it would be distributed between you and your twin. So you might have 80 units of masculine energy and the counterpart might have 20. And each one can be broken down into smaller components. Like like maybe I'm super femme with like my physical presentation, but I'm much more masculine which with my emotional presentation or whatever, vice versa. Um, I don't wanna I don't wanna get too hung up on that because I'm like low-key secretly going off into my tangent and I don't want to do that. I will talk about masculine and feminine energy in another episode. If that if you hate this um binary dynamic situation, just go ahead and ignore it. <clears throat> Because that's kind of what I tended to do as well. Um, anyway, so 
there's that, there's the masculine, there's the feminine. But really what I want to talk about is like the runner and the chaser because this is like fundamental to a twin flame situation. And it is both the biggest identifier and it is also like the thing that makes it feel the most effed up and like difficult, okay? Um, I would say if we were to assess what makes something twin flame more than just like difficult relationship I would say it it's got the psychic connection that energetic psychic connection and also it's got one pursuant and one pursued party okay the runner and the chaser so the runner is the one in the twin flame dynamic who ends the situation they suddenly or abruptly break the relationship and they either disappear or they just go off the map. They fall out of communication in some capacity or another. The chaser is the person who obviously has received that break, and they are someone who cannot let it go. Um, they get ensnared by the break, and they pursue. Um, the The runner breaks and then sort of checks in immediately to see if it worked. They they do the break and then they kind of low key hang around for a second to see if they're if the pursuit is on. Um once the pursuit is on, we are in a pattern of behavior which is designed and self-fulfilling. Um it's cyclical, it's a cycle, it's intense where the chaser pursues, the runner runs. Once in a while, the chaser will begin to give up because he or she will have spent time, you know, doing everything they can think of, maybe writing emails or sending text messages or stalking social media or just having dreams or sending emotional messages through their body to their counterparts. The chaser will have done as many things as they can to change or persuade the runner to stop running from the chaser. The runner, every time they know they are being pursued, they run a little harder or a little faster. But when the chaser starts to finally come to a place of acceptance or she is so fatigued from just being worn absolutely out from all of her pursuit and all of her fixation that she just let's go for a second, that's when somehow, and this is where I will give credence to the fact that this is some kind of otherworldly spiritual thing, because a lot of times this kind of stuff happens, somehow the runner will be aware that the chaser has kind of lost hope and has stopped. Um, I say somehow because often at this point, the runner has blocked the chaser is absolutely out of communication, will not, cannot, does not reach out. But when the runner gets this sense that something's going on and that the chaser's kind of rested for a second, she will do something. She will show back up somehow. She will send an email. She will like one of your posts on social media just quietly she will update her own social media with something that is pertinent just to you and your relationship. She will exist. And when that happens, 
it reignites the energy in the chaser to continue chasing. Now, the thing that's happening within the chaser all this time is almost like a frantic, overwhelming energy where she cannot rest because she is fixated upon this person. She will spend time analyzing their conversations. She will spend time analyzing simple phrases that have been said to her. Do you think that they meant this when they said that? Do you think that they meant this? Do you think that, oh my God, they said this to me. That's clearly a sign that they want to X, Y, Z. She will remember, record, and pay attention to everything that's being said or all the little kind of scraps of attention and energy she can catch from the side. She will look at it all and pay attention to it all and become really intensely fixated on it all. And she does this because it is her only access to trying to get back into this dynamic that she was in, this relationship that she had had. Because she is romanticizing the relationship. She is remembering the good, positive parts. She is focused on that intensity, that connection, that bond, the physical connection, the emotional connection, the mental connection, even the anguish that it, that they were feeling when you know, the separation began, but there was often some other kind of drama and both people were saying they wanted to be together, but they couldn't due to external circumstances, etc. It's got like a very Romeo Juliet quality to it. Um, really deep romantic kind of energy. And she will not be able to let that go because that intensity is something she's been chasing her whole life, not just when she got here. And that's something for you to understand. Like if you find yourself in a twin flame dynamic, it's because there's something about it that you have been looking for. Now we we say that or we see that within ourselves and we say, right, exactly. If I've been looking for it and it showed up for me, that means it's like this big powerful thing that's been meant, meant for me. And I want to say like, Perhaps you've been looking for it because it's a point of healing within you, or perhaps you've been looking for it because you learned so much about yourself once you found it, or perhaps you were looking for it because it's so familiar to some like toxic and intense preconditioning that you have within yourselves. I'd encourage you to look up attachment theory. Um, That's like a self-work therapeutic kind of thing to consider because attachment theory and twin flames go pretty hand in hand. If we have an unstable attachment to people, we are primed and ready for some twin flame drama, okay? But that's neither here nor there. So when the runner runs, they will sometimes slow their run down, throw the chaser a bone. The chaser picks it up and continues the pursuit and on we go into infinity. I have seen twin flame dynamics like with the with the separation phase. Oh, I've seen it pan out for years, just for years. Um, there's also often an element of secrecy to twin flames where once they pop in and out of each other's lives, um, the the runner will reinitiate communication with the chaser at certain points and all that intensity is right there that connection that dialogue that opening up that bond that they had it's all right there again but for whatever reason it's kind of got this air of secrecy to it a lot of times it's because the person in the the spot of chaser 
is often in an abusive or harmful relationship. And they have been trying to get out of that relationship, but they find themselves unable to. And this is because, and this is why actually, the chaser has entered a relationship with the runner because they might have been looking for something that was exactly what the runner had to offer. You know, typically the person in the role of runner is really, or no, I'm sorry, reverse that. The person in the role of chaser is a very kind, loving person. And what I've been trying to say, and I kind of reversed it there for a second, so to clarify, the one who's running often paused in their life, got involved with the person who's pursuing, because that person who's pursuing is offering the runner everything they've ever wanted. See, this is the thing that really snags the pursuer, the chaser. The thing that snags the chaser is they know how much love they have to give to the one that's running from them. They know how beautiful the relationship would be. They can see very clearly the ways in which there's compatibility, there's shared goals, there's positive communication, there's an intense sexual connection, there's an intense romantic connection, there's an intense like emotional connection. And the one who's chasing can see If you would just be with me for a second, you'll understand. Do you not remember what it was like when we were together, even though it was a brief period of time? Like they have these thoughts in their mind and it's like they are holding the space for the higher energy for the two of you to come back together and to have that relationship that they can see. But see, the other thing that makes someone a chaser is their romanticism their idealism, their optimism, the fact that they are a hopeless romantic, that they have so much love to give and they believe in that fairy tale love quality and they just want to have that relationship and they finally found someone who understands them and how they express themselves and what the intensity it is to be with them and they finally found someone who accepts their love and who gives them love back in a way they've never felt before and so when they have found that in the person they are chasing it is very challenging for them to relinquish it but see like I said a minute ago often the runner finds themselves in some kind of difficult or challenging or abusive or harmful relationship. And there is just nothing they can do within themselves, they believe, to leave that situation and choose the relationship with the chaser. This is for a lot of reasons. And we're approaching the whole, like, why does this happen scenario, okay? The reason, and also I just want to say for a second, like if if your runner doesn't have a toxic relationship that they're going back to and that they're justifying running from you f- about, <laughs> that sentence got a little weird, but it's that's okay too. The, the toxic relationship they might have might be with your, themselves. See, here's one thing that twin flames have in common. They both have a toxic relationship with themselves around love and relationships. That is like undeniable. And they have to work through that toxic relationship they have with themselves in order for there to be any hope here. And that's a harsh truth that maybe no one wants to hear. But the reason that this happens is because, see, finally someone has fallen into your life that you feel like gets it. 
See, your twin flame is going to be so similar to you in the ways in which they've got their like relationship and love trauma. Their love and relationship trauma is going to show up very similarly to yours. The way in which they understand how to express and, and give love is going to be exactly the way that you've always wanted someone to express and give love to you. And vice versa, the way that you are going to express and give love to them is going to be exactly what they've always wanted. Now, here's the difference. Um, a runner starts to receive that love and they have been so used to living an entire life where they didn't think it was possible. In fact, they had to radically accept that they were never going to feel love like that in their life. And because they radically accepted that as a truth, they almost can't handle being in the presence of the love that you are trying to give them. It's almost too hard for them to do the self-work required to dismantle the limiting beliefs they have around their ability to receive love. They had had to make peace with the fact that love like that didn't exist, wasn't accessible to them, wasn't something they could have. They also had to make peace with the fact that they were just going to be fundamentally not okay in their lifetime. And it's hard to radically accept such powerful and painful truths and then to undo and dismantle them on what feels like a gamble or a risk because this isn't the first time they've felt love, but they do have a a, wet, a, brit, a width and depth of experience in their lives saying to themselves, I've always wanted love and in the past when I've started to have love like this, it hasn't panned out. So what would make this different? And so when it starts to get really intense or really good or that connection gets really powerful between the two of you in the beginning of the relationship, it almost is like too much for the runner because they just don't know how to allow it in. In fact, it's not almost too much. It is too much because what happens next is they cut and they run. Now, on the side of the chaser, it's like this relationship feels very alluring. It feels very magical and intense. Um, they are loving you back in a way that you've always wanted and needed. Um, they allow you for the time being to love them in the way that you like to love somebody and they receive it and you watch them and you know they receive it and you are so excited by the thought that, oh my God, finally it happened. Because see, there's a difference between the runner and the chaser. The chaser's that optimist. She has all that energy of idealism and romantic love and believing in possibilities and willingness to take a risk. But if you're a twin flame and your energies are evenly distributed amongst the two of you, the opposite must be true in your counterpart, right? So your counterpart doesn't have that optimism. And in fact, they have skepticism to fulfill that space where the, all the optimism lives in the chaser. The runner is skeptical. They're fearful. They have a scarcity mentality to the runner, to the chaser's abundance mentality. The runner doesn't believe that it can really be real like that. And so they are afraid and they look for the other shoe to drop and they decide, I'm going to drop the other shoe myself. But there's always this little bit of self-doubt in there. Or there's always this little bit of like missing your energy. Or there's always this little bit of like, 
because the chaser makes themselves so available to the runner, the runner likes to kind of drop in and out and just kind of make sure it's still there. It's still an option. It still exists. This is not okay, though, because what's happening is no one in a twin flame situation in the separation phase when the pursuit is on and everyone's aware of it, in that portion of events, no one's doing their self-work. And here's the thing. The entire purpose of a twin flame situation, in my opinion, or the reason why they happen, because that's different than a purpose, and I can chat about that more in a second, but the reason why they happen is because both people have to do their self-work. That's a full stop right there. And this is why I said you might not like my answer or you might not like my explanation because people are making like thousands of dollars on like exploiting people in twin flame situations. And I find that unfair. Um, The only worthwhile way to spend any money in a twin flame situation is not through like readings or card pulls or spells trying to get things to get your twin flame to show up for you. The only worthwhile way to spend any money on a twin flame situation is to start to do some self-work, therapy, or coaching. Because what you are actively in need of is a willingness to choose yourself and a willingness to, if you are the chaser, your job is to figure out how to stop chasing. Because if you are not chasing, what does the runner have to run from? See, when you stop chasing, they stop running. In a twin flame situation, the chaser is the one that has most of the power. And that is not how it seems on the surface. On the surface, it seems like the runner is the one with all the power because the runner has decided to sever the relationship. The runner has decided to withhold themselves from the chaser. The runner has decided maybe to block them, maybe to disappear from their radar, maybe to just like go dark, maybe to pop in and out, maybe to sometimes send a message and then never respond or whatever. It seems like the runner is the one with the power, but it's not because the chaser is the person who is driving the entire machine. She's cranking those gears. And if she stops chasing, the whole thing shuts down. It is only in that moment where we stop chasing because we are choosing ourselves that that is the moment where the alchemy can happen and where the magic can take place and where there's any hope for reunification. See, this is a lot of like twin flame lingo, chaser and runner, reunification, separation. It's all twin flame lingo. That These are the hallmark, hallmarks on it. Somebody's pursuing, somebody's running. There's a f- period of separation and it's all leading to reunification. But the point is, if you do your self-work, reunification is possible. If you can redistribute some of the energy between yourself and your counterpart, reunification is possible. But it's only through self-work and it's only through recognizing you're in the pattern of pursuing and stopping that pattern. That's the only way, that's the only hope we really have in ending the cycle that you find yourselves in. So here's how you do it. You find your inner strength 
to decide that you are going to look at the situation and see it as it really is. There's this whole propensity for the idealistic chaser to make a situation into something that is both is and is not actually happening. So here's what I mean by that. The one who chases, she has like a whole catalog in her mind of experiences that have happened between the two of them, small phrases that have been said, small signs that have shown up for her, like a whole bunch of coincidences and synchronicities, a whole bunch of thoughts that she's had and conversations she's had that prove to her that this relationship would be or has been like the most magical thing ever. And her fixation is, if I could just get this person to understand what we could offer, and if they could just stop being so afraid of it and like actually opt in, they would find that it would be like this most beautiful, magical experience. A lot of that is happening in the mind and in the energy field of the person who is identified, I guess, as the chaser. That's fine. I believe very much in our psychic and emotional connection to other people. And as I've said a bunch of times, in this twin flame kind of situation, that psychic connection is real. It's valid AF. It is like a legit thing. Um, When I was in my circumstance with my twin flame, I... um, I was having this bad day and something had happened. Um, I had knocked over something at like a store and like the whole display had fallen over and I was super frustrated and then, you know, I was having a tough time at the register and blah, blah, blah. And I hadn't heard from this person in several weeks and I was in this really stressed out verge of a panic attack kind of state and she for the first time showed up in my messages out of nowhere and said are you okay I just suddenly felt like everything wasn't okay for you and I stuck on that for weeks because how did she know and she was exactly right I was not okay in that moment and doesn't that prove everything I've been thinking and blah 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 and yes That was a very real experience. And yes, it did prove that she was highly connected to my energy field. And yes, it was validating. And yes, it did let me know that my connection to her was real. But no, it didn't mean more than that. And what happens for the chaser is that these small moments can become so expansive that they can mean she's thinking about coming back to me or this person's considering like, having more of a relationship with me or maybe they're going to leave their other partner or maybe they're going to finally show up and and see me and be in my presence. You know, how many times did I sit um, in my living room under the window and I would hear a car door shut outside and I would have to resist looking out the window to see if it was her car as it had been many times before or to see if maybe she had decided she was going to just come to her senses and drive over and talk to me about everything. And that never happened, but that happened in my mind a couple times. And I sound probably crazy, but I don't want any of my twin flame people to feel crazy because you have enough evidence that this is real. You are definitely connected, but that is all it is. 
See, I want us to be in reality. I want to validate your connection. I want to tell you that it's real, but I don't want to allow you to make it bigger than that. Yes, it is rare to connect to somebody like that. Yes, it is powerful. Yes, it is magical. Yes, it is wonderful. But no, they are not giving you any indication that they are ready for more than just that connection to exist. And the problem with someone trapped in a twin flame situation is they are at step five when their counterpart is at step one barely. And the person who is the the chaser can make everything so big, so powerful, so validated, so like, oh my God, this means this and this means that. And maybe it does, but maybe it doesn't. I have to invite my twin flame clients into what I call reality. And in reality, we have to take into consideration the words and the actions of our counterpart. We cannot just take the energy that we know about into consideration because we don't exist simply in the energy realm. We exist here in tangible reality. And if in tangible reality, your counterpart is physically staying away from you, if they are not showing up, if they are not dependable, if you cannot reach out to them, if you do not have that regular relationship and it feels mostly on their terms or they're mostly in and out or it's a very intense back and forth, if that's the case, please look at reality. Reality says, yes, your connection is real, but no, this person is not ready to take action based simply on that connection. And that is a painful and hard pill to swallow, but that is the truth. If they were ready to take action based on the connection that you two share, nothing would stop them from taking that action. And you know this because nothing has stopped you from trying to take that action. But it has stopped them. So even though it's terribly painful to hear this, it is not the same for them as it is for you. Slash the psychic connection for them, the the emotional psychic connection is probably the same for them. But what they're willing to do about it is not the same. They shut down and run away. You expand and scream, please come back. Don't you know what we could have? And you chase. And this is why I have to say, you must stop chasing if you ever want reconnection. But the other secret part of that is, you cannot stop chasing in order to get reconnection because you will still be holding all of that energy. See, my theory with twin flames is that the energy has to distribute more evenly. If one person's holding all of the energy of pursuit, the other one has nothing but run. If you stop pursuing and do your self-work and look at reality and decide, I'm going to learn how to stand here in this reality knowing that we could have something amazing, but you are telling me you don't want it. If I have to learn to accept that, I will learn to accept it. And that's how we redistribute the energy. Because you're going to accept it's not going to happen and therefore it frees up some of that energy for them to hear or to receive. Maybe it is possible though. Maybe it would be okay. If no one's chasing you, you have nothing to run from. And if you have nothing to run from, there's a whole lot of time for self-reflecting. 
Because if you have nothing to run from, you have nothing to do but to stand there with yourself and say, where did they go and why would they stop pursuing me? Hmm. And they might do a little bit of self-reflecting. But the truth is we cannot do it to create any response in the twin flame. We can't do it for that reason. You must only stop pursuing because you have decided that you are exhausted and done and you are going to stop choosing people who are not yourself. You're going to stop running after someone who's telling you they don't want it. This is a hard lesson. This is painful. It's absolutely intense and overwhelming and stressful. And that's why I say, I feel bad for anybody who finds themselves in this kind of situation because it is so intense and so powerful and all-consuming because what's happening is every piece of self-work that you have to do around love and relationships is rising to the surface and it's begging to be healed because a twin flame dynamic really brings out the knowledge that you are in a toxic situation with yourself in regards to relationships and it is asking you to stop and to pause and to look at yourself and to do all of that healing and it's motivating you to do that so that you can have this complete relationship that you've always been wanting it's saying hey the only way you're ever going to get that is if you do some healing so go ahead and try to heal And the magic of it is, is that sometimes when we do the work, and I've had many clients do the work and heal, sometimes when we do the work, we get that unification, that reunification just shows up for us. But also interestingly, and I know you cannot fathom this if you are in the midst of this situation right now, but also interestingly, once we've done the work and the opportunity to have the reunification shows up, a lot of times the chaser is like, Oh, I'm good. Never mind. I'm fine. Not always, but sometimes. Because the situation has shifted. And because the chaser is so okay and loves herself so much now that she doesn't want something out of a desperate energy. She wants it because she wants it and not because she feels she has to have it or she will just collapse. So this is part one, I suppose, of Twin Flames. Um... There's way more I can talk about, but I just wanted to get kind of an introduction to Twin Flames out there. I wanted to try to validate for people what they're experiencing and what they're going through. And I really wanted to just say, like, you're not alone. This is absolutely real, but it's only as real as it is. And I wanted to invite you into looking at reality and seeing what are the actions and tangible reality telling you about this situation and hope that that would be inspiring or supportive enough to you to maybe shift into a better place for yourself. If you are someone who feels like you need more one-on-one conversation or dialogue in regards to your twin flame, I am happy to set up some coaching with you on the topic. Um, We can do an exploratory session where you discuss it with me. Um, I will happily read both of your energy fields. We can do a twin flame reading. Um, That's definitely something I can do for you. Um, But be prepared for me to also offer some self-work suggestions in a twin flame reading because I don't want to just do a reading and that's it. I want to offer you 
ways in which the situation become can become a little more bearable to yourself. So you can just go on over to my website on moonstonewitchery.com if twin flame coaching would be helpful or twin flame reading would be helpful for you. And you can either purchase an intuitive session or um, send me a note or sign up for coaching and we can move from there, okay? You are not alone. This is a very real situation. Um, I don't like to keep it up on a big pedestal because it is so full of pain, but I just want to validate and honor your experience and let you know it is solvable. It is resolvable. I promise you that. So keep the faith and choose love for yourself whenever you get the opportunity. So thank you for listening, and I will be back sometime later this week with a new episode. And if you have any suggestions for me on what you'd like to hear me talk about in terms of witchcraft and spirituality, you can always find me on Instagram at moonstone underscore witchery um, or over on my website, moonstonewitchery.com. I do have a very fun little Facebook group, Moonstone Witchery. You can hit me up there. It's got a little yellow um, banner on the top with a witch. So find me over there and join us. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your week.